Hey, what's up, everyone? It is March 5th, 2019. Welcome into Washington Football Crunch Combine Edition. I am Micah Chan, and I am joined by, as always, Luke Monger of Dogman and Jackson Garner of Coog Fan. So we're going to give you guys a review of UW and WSU's Combine performances. But before we get started with that, I want to ask you guys this. What is the best college town in Washington? Yeah, so this is bit like I think this conversation has originated from a tweet that alleges that Bellingham is the best college town in Washington, uh, and I'm going to have to go Hot ahead take. and disagree with that one. <laughs> uh, first, and I will say openly, I've never been to Bellingham. Like really walked around Bellingham. I've driven okay. through it. Oh yeah, you've um, definitely. I see the thing is, I like Bellingham. I oh, like I'm sure Bellingham. it's cool, but like it is a nice place. When I think like yeah, when I like okay when I. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but just when I think of Bellingham, I think of kind of just like this fun, hip town, you know, like really a good chill. place to go visit, you know. Yeah, uh, very healthy, very vegan yeah, vibes. Very progressive. Yeah. Yes. For, yeah, and for all the, of like, this. I don't know. And for, for what, like, that's not exactly what I think of when and I think also, of And also, it's town. not most people's first school choice. You know, you, you don't get into UW, you go to Western, you settle down. You, it's, it's not. You don't see that's okay. I, I think no. I think I just. I think I disagree with that. Actually, I disagree with that. I think you can make that that argument for a number of schools, but I think <laughs> Bellingham is a very like niche school. Like people mm-hmm. who go to Bellingham really want to go to Bellingham. They love Bellingham, just like people who go who end up at WSU love Pullman. Um, I think yeah. There's obviously it's very different. I think, and, and I you know. For a number of the reasons that you brought up, you're right that that Bellingham isn't the greatest college town because it is. It's too nice. It's too. Yeah. There's too many good things going on in Bellingham and, to say it's a good college town. It's not a state yeah. on our state. <laughs> I mean, and, and then for me, like j- just to answer the question, and, and that I think Bellingham not quite as much as Seattle, but the reason that it can't be Seattle or UW, it's not. Well, it's, yeah, because it's not. It's not a town. Yeah, it's not a town. Well, it's not a town to be. The economy's you know not I mean? built around yeah. UW. Yeah, it's it's not the yeah, exactly. force of. And I think, and employment. I also think that Bellingham, like, isn't qu- like I don't like. For me personally, when I think of Bellingham, I don't necessarily think of Western Washington University. It's, yeah, which like, yeah, could be, yeah, like, no, I no, Bellingham would be a, the same without Western. Yes, and for that reason, I like without a doubt, I think it's Pullman. I don't think. Oh, that's, of course it's Pullman. Yeah, it's you not ask a hot people day. that are not from Washington, like oh, Oregon State, it claims to be the best college town in the Pac-12. But then you Corbett, go to yes. you go to Oregon, you go to people in Portland, the people that I know nobody there cares about college football in Oregon, but the few that do, you know, that follow the Oregon Ducks, and when you yeah. ask them, hey, what uh, what's a better college town than uh than, than Corvallis, and they will list Pullman as one of those schools that they believe. You know how you know town atmospheres. You know how you know Corvallis isn't the best college town in the Pac-12 is I don't I don't know when the last time you guys drove through Corvallis. It's, but it the sucks. second the second you drive into Corvallis, there is a big sign saying the best college town in the Pac-12. It's just it's in the, the stadium, the, and and you will see that. Well, no, it is the first thing you see when you drive into Corvallis. Once you're on campus, you will see it a hundred more times, yeah. and it is posted everywhere. That is the best college town in the Pac-12 and I think some even claim it's the best college town in the country which I don't think Mm -hmm. the Pac-12 can even claim that one but like anyone who needs to advertise themselves as the best college town in the Pac-12 isn't the best college town in the Pac-12 I'm sorry you don't get that reputation within within 30 miles 
Which is also the case for Corvallis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're probably right. There's I mean, a lot but of exam- Michael, I'm I surprised. Austin Stadium, I'm blown away. I will say, yeah, that. no, like, Eugene, yeah. You think I should make a case for Ellensburg, Jackson? I was, I would, no, I was just interested to see if you would make a case for Ellensburg. No, and I actually you're a, a fan of I Ellensburg, a, uh, aren't no, I'm, you? I'm, I'm not even a big fan of Ellensburg. Uh, really? I, okay. In fact, it's not even that great of a college town. You know, I don't even consider it a college town the more I live here because, like, for example, Shaney. I know it's really close to Spokane. But that's really isolated. Ellensburg is part of a greater Yakima suburb, I feel like. I mean, a lot of people here, I know a lot of people in Shady yeah. commute to Spokane, but when I think of uh, Ellensburg, I think of like this central Washington corridor from Wenatchee down to the Tri-Cities where it's just town yeah. after town after town. And in Ellensburg, I mean, it does. it's not dependent on central Washington University. It would that's, have yeah, 35,000 people. And the people that say... That what about Cheney? What about Spokane? Like which by the yeah, Spokane's another school similar to Seattle, where you take away Gonzaga. Spokane doesn't care. It's it'll still be a pretty miserable place without with or without Gonzaga. So they don't yeah. really need that. They don't. Well, honestly, they probably do need it for basketball because you know a lot of a lot of uh, people around the country think that without Gonzaga basketball, that town would just go to hell basically because it would. They, that's that's the, not, that's yeah. the pulse. That's the pulse of that city. Uh, but man. I and nothing comes close to Pullman. It's just it's just a dumb idea to consider anything like that has the same level of passion. I mean, that's what that's what uh, Pullman is known for. I mean, not, yeah. not not just for the college, but like they define the college experience even more so than UW because it, it's the, it's the classic like American story of going to college, yeah. going to WC. Yeah. It's, it's no. built into our culture. That's absolutely true. And I would even go as far as to say that I think Cheney might have a leg up on Ellensburg and they do. And Bellingham, because yeah, like it's like you said, it's bigger. It, yeah, like the 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 town relies on the co- Bellingham and Ellensburg are isn't still like doing fine. Isn't it like an economic like transport? <laughs> isn't it, isn't that uh, no? I don't think it's a, no. no, 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 there's, no. Because they're just in Bellingham. There's boats. I don't think I don't, carry I don't think so. Goods from foreign countries and exchange it. I don't. For, I don't <laughs> think that's. I don't think that's the truth. But that's not um, one of the local resources. I, local, I, I don't economic think so. Activity. I don't think so. I could. You know. I could be wrong. But I. You know. Well, Shady I feel like it's on a. I feel it. like it's on a lake. I don't think it's on. Because there's yeah, lake. Yeah, it's, it's not right by the ocean. It's not. It's not on the ocean. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Rexburg is that even the best? I'm just looking at it right now. Which, yeah. By the way, if you look at the source for uh, where they got this data, it's from the United States Census Bureau and the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And I don't yeah, know. I don't that think that mean? many people are a part of the United States Census Bureau are contributing to what they believe is the best college town. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Montana can make a case for Missoula being the best college town in in in, yeah. in Montana. Uh, Grand Forks, wait, North Dakota. I mean, Fargo is pretty cool too. You know, it's, I don't even know what colleges in Grand Forks. I know North Typically, I like to trust bureaus, but I just don't think that, you know, with well, the data the that they're pulling from this, I just don't agree. Well, like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like, uh, maybe this is evidence that the, even the federal government has East Coast bias. Because if you look, like, kind of, <laughs> is, wet, like, if you look east of Texas, like, it's College Station in Texas and Tuscaloosa, yeah. Athens, Clemson, Chapel Hill, Gainesville, Madison, and Arbor, right? And then you get out west in like Bellingham, San Luis Obispo. Well, here's the, I like, yeah, okay, I thought that San one. Uh, that one was like whoa. I mean, I don't, okay, I, I think there's an argument. It, but. Yeah, I think there's an argument for for uh, Cal Poly, and, and I actually I think a, some of the West Coast, so like Logan, which is Logan, Utah, where Utah State is, definitely best college town in Utah. 
Flagstaff with Northern Arizona. I've been to Flagstaff. It's a cool place, but I mean, still, I mean, is Tempe is Tempe a college town? Is I I don't know. I don't think I think it's kind of in the same situation as like a Bellingham or an Ellensburg. It's like yes, it's it's a smaller area, but the college is not. It's not relying on the college. I don't even know what college know. is in Rexburg. Rexburg, where is that? Where's Rexburg? It's in Idaho, and and it's the greatest college in town. Idaho. Oh, it's BYU. It's BYU Idaho. I was thinking Boise. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, and even that, you got Idaho State, which is uh, Pocatello. That's a nice. That's a nice. Pocatello. Yeah. That's Pocatello. Nice. There. And and Moscow, football. like no no Moscow, for like, uh, University of Idaho. I think that's. I, like, I, you, I, I think, think Boise is a great college a, town. They do a good job of making that their like. But the thing major is, I mean, even Boise State football. But Boise State's getting out of like Boise State's getting a little too big for to be calling college <laughs> town for like for I'm not for that, the, the it's state. Still, it's still because that's where yeah. I mean, that's it does have a it does have a college it's the, it's town. It's the Gonzaga. Field. It's the Gonzaga Boise. <laughs> yeah, but the thing huge, like who's yeah. rallying? You can't. Cry. Spokane is just Spokane is a metropolitan area. Like there's a Nordstrom mm-hmm. in Spokane. If yeah. you have a Nordstrom, you, you, you cannot Nordstrom, call yourself man. a college town. <laughs> Two hundred fifty thousand minimum. To have former a employee. Former employee. So I know these things. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, man, that's crazy, man. I think that's a great. I think that's a great. Uh, great way to generate some controversy. Somebody. Do you think? Do you think? Yeah. I, do you think they did that just to create the? Just like this is going to piss a lot of people off. Like yeah, just, just, have a just bit of that well, one. They, they were very smart about it because they do. They did give some good answers, like Corvallis and. Because the thing is, I well, I couldn't. I didn't necessarily. Out like I wasn't in total disagreement with any other state that I knew yeah, of and was aware of, country. other than Bellingham. Yeah. So I don't know. So let's get to the uh, winningest quarterback in Pac-12 history, Jake Browning. Apparently, you know, we're, we're talking the combine right now. His arm was the best it has been in years. And not only did he, you know, do well on the field, but he kind of showed off that personality a little bit, you know, throwing some shade yeah. at University of Oregon. When, uh, you know, quick-witted, you're like, oh, you're from Oregon? Oh, well, <laughs> that was not good. that school. I liked that. But, like, what do you make? Here's the thing. I watched Jake Browning throw at the combine. He looked like Jake Browning throwing the football. I mean, what, what, was, what about it was so extraordinary that made him so much different than when he was in college? Uh, so he, my personal opinion on it is there are two groups of people who went – like who watching Jake Browning at the combine had very different agendas and both of them just rolled with their agendas no matter what happened. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you look at like Mark Brunel, former obviously Washington quarterback, played over a decade in the NFL, uh, was talking about like about how many NFL scouts and I'm not saying that Mark Brunel's lying about this, but uh yeah. said that Jake was the most impressive thrower in his group and all that stuff. Uh and like what I what, I'm not saying Mark Brunel is the generator of fake news here, but I think people ran with that <laughs> as like, oh, like wow, Jake's arm much improved, or it's like, or other people just weren't that impressive in a certain group. I'm not saying that that's the case necessarily that other people weren't impressive, but I just think that people either took that and ran with it as like, oh my gosh, he's the best he's ever been. Uh, I don't know what happened this last year, but all of a sudden this guy's gonna be bursting up the boards. And then there was a group of people. I mean, I remember just kind of scrolling through the word, like searched Jake Browning on uh, Twitter, and like there were random like NFL draft one hundred and two like accounts, you know, that were like, uh, yeah, 
like people who did not help their stock jake browning it's like really (laughs) what did he do wrong the thing is what i think is funny and we'll get into this once we get to the wcu quarterback as well Mm -hmm. but i think this is a common misconception when it comes to the throwing drills and just quarterbacks in general at the combine when they you know when someone had a good good day throwing at the combine Mm -hmm. or a bad day it's not like scouts are sitting there watching them throw hundreds of footballs they're they're being critiqued off of around give or take 25 throws yeah. and about 15 of them are in actual settings where it's like you got a, you got a receiver out at the numbers and you're yeah. dropping back like the rest of them are like warm-up throws down the seam and stuff like that so it's like okay you could say someone had a great day throwing someone had a bad day throwing at the end of the day they threw about 15 balls that are being judged by scouts so regardless of whether they did good or bad, you're we're perpetuating this image that oh someone had a great day at the combine based off of ten throws. Well, if there's one thing you that we learned from Gardner Minshew's combine performance is that he cannot throw to deep ball. I mean, he threw three well, that's, times. Deep. Okay, that's and the, the uh, thing. Based on his three throws, he's going to go undrafted. He's going to be the next Luke. Falls exactly. <laughs> like we're but, get, we're already getting ahead of ourselves here talking about the WSU quarterback. But he, like he, he missed zero percent. He was zero for three. Zero percent completion was, percentage on he deep was balls. zero for three. He missed one. He one is was debated. He, 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 he completely missed one. Debatably overthrew another one, and then the other the other one a receiver just flat just out dropped, dropped it. And of course, you know, going in line with coming into the the um, yeah. combine, he was like people kind of have put in question my my deep ball or throwing the deep ball at the NFL level, and he goes 0 for 3 throwing the deep ball. And, yeah. of course, it's like, oh, Game of, undrafted, like red yeah. lights, red years, lights. He'll never be a good you know? deep ball thrower if you, yeah. <laughs> you factor out that it's rate like, of success. Yeah, I just think the the number one thing that you can gain from mm-hmm. a quarterback position, because there really is just such – there's just not very much – from like the physical side to be gained yeah. from the combine is all mental. And it is showing that you're personable, that, that you're willing that you can take some heat that, that you can be funny. And I think like, you know, Gardner Minshew after running a four, nine, seven saying that's all I've got. Like, I, I think that got him farther in yeah. people's books than the four nine seven itself, you know? Yeah. And I think the same goes for Jake Browning, like his witty comment for that Oregon reporter. Yeah. And just being able to be personable with people. And I'm sure he did well. He did really well at kind of the psychological testing. Definitely. But obviously, we don't we don't know the answer yeah. to that. For me, just kind of two points I wanted to make about the combine. Is like the combine drills as they exist for quarterbacks, I think inherently favor a quarterback like Jake Browning. Because it's like no one's ever questioned the fact that clean, like no pressure, Jake Browning can deliver an accurate football. You know what I mean? So... What quarterback like, can't, you know? Like. Exactly. I mean, like, and once again, I mean, like you said, it's 15 throws. If someone doesn't have it, someone doesn't have it. But I mean, like, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, has, is anyone who's watched Jake Browning play his entire career surprised that he threw a couple good balls? You know? Like, yeah. no, because he's a talented quarterback. <laughs> he was, he's the, like, all, like he, he broke every record at UW, all-time winning as quarterback in the Pac-12. You know? Not surprising at all. And the other thing is, honestly, if it weren't such, like, a, just a publicity and revenue driving event. I'm not sure the combine as it is today would exist. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, Still. for sure. Because for like, sure. I can understand it earlier, like years and years and years ago when it might've been harder to like for to get everyone the under the Titans same to yeah. watch Luke Falk or Jake Browning or Gardner Minshew playing games, you know, but like, are, like, are we convinced that if people weren't like all 
freaking out about going and getting to watch all the best college athletes in the country run the 40 uh, in Under Armour tights. Like, you know, would it exist? Well, definitely. Just I, mean, pro days? I mean, now you uh, an NFL scout can watch every single down that any college football player, mm-hmm. any high, anyone has played since his freshman year of high school. They can watch <laughs> literally every single down. Yeah. So it really defeats the purpose. And it's funny because I was actually, I was doing a, an article. I was writing some stuff and I, I was talking to Mike Price, WCU's old coach, coached in the 90s yeah. and was an assistant through the 70s and 80s. But, uh, and he was talking about like just how much recruiting, and it's it's similar with, you know, recruiting in college and recruiting in the NFL where like, they had to actually physically go to someone's high school and ask to watch someone work out or ask to go see some tapes. And it's just like that dynamic has completely changed. Whereas mm-hmm. you don't need that. You can do it all from your couch. And yes, people like to see someone in person, but it really is from like the psychological standpoint. Like, is this kid capable uh, of handling the pressures of being in the NFL? And I think that like the mental side of it mm-hmm. is entirely why the combine is still of value to to the NFL teams whereas I mean you know if it were because if there wasn't the the psychological testing and all the wacky and weird questions that you know are being asked for a reason then they would just go to pro days and and rely on the film that they have because it just wouldn't be necessary so are any of those are any of those uh questions planted then do you think oh yeah oh for sure I think so I think so interesting like by the NFL Oh, are you talking about, like, oh, media, oh, media questions? Yeah, no, you're media talking about when they go no, and meet no, with no, teams I'm talking about, like, the, uh, yeah, okay, when they yeah, meet with the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, then, of course, no, that would be, That would be a wild conspiracy theory, though, if they were, like, NFL, like, NFL, NFL scouts or NFL teams, like, plant, yeah, like planting questions. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that would be pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there are horror stories about, like, the kind of questions that can be asked Yeah, at those. Um, no, for sure. Can, yeah, we don't want to repeat any of them, though. No, <laughs> we shouldn't. <laughs> the Seahawks having uh, staring contests are pretty tame compared to some of the really inappropriate and and yeah, honestly, been some like bad ones. They're starting to modify that now. You know, the the combine helps people a lot. It helps somebody like Miles Gaskin who put up twenty four reps and mm-hmm. the bench press, and you know people compare it to oh Andre Diller did twenty four reps. It's got to be body composition. The guy oh, is yeah. built no, the bench so press. He's, he's, he has a bodybuilder physique. I mean, if that guy wanted to compete, he could definitely be two forty. One of those five nine, two hundred forty five pound individuals that just looks freakishly large. And you know, he came in at two hundred five pounds, but he, he's going to be like a Kyler Murray situation where you know Kyler Murray shows up what two oh seven, and then by the time mm-hmm. you, you know the NFL season starts, he'll be like. 198. I think that's gonna be the same, like the same, like trend for Miles Gaskin, where he he water weights himself up to 205, and then uh, but by the time he goes through training camp and uh, is in is in an NFL season for more than eight weeks, he's an upper 190s type of runner. I don't see him getting more than mm-hmm. 205 anytime soon, like in over the course of his career. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's significantly heavier than he ever played at UW. Uh, the one thing that I think was the advantage for Miles showing up at that weight and then putting up respectable numbers uh, in terms of like the testables and stuff like that is I think it, it at least shows that, hey, like if it is an absolute requirement for me to play north of 200 pounds, I don't lose uh, Speed, the athleticism yeah. that I have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But once again, I mean, with Miles Gaskin, and I think we, we've kind of talked about kind of just across every position at the NFL, 
um, there is that renaissance or going away from like you have to throw up ridiculous combine numbers uh, and just looking at a guy like Miles and being like, hey, like even at 195 pounds, he ran between the tackles extremely effectively and he just kind of has it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's also so, kind of funny because we had that we had that kind of like the the changing of the guards conversation last week where like we don't actually like look at much into combine freaks and then mm-hmm. who is it uh met Metcalf DJ, from yeah, DK. Met, DJ Metcalf DK, just DK. DK yeah just 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 shows up to the combine just shredded and is now instantly being talked about like top 10 pick right here like kind of just completely burning everything that you know, he said yeah. so there still <laughs> is there still is a market for the combine yeah. junkie like of DK course Metcalf. well that's and human I mean, nature you want you want to see those larger than life individuals yeah. in sports. And that's and, and, and like that's what the combine like the combine is made and the NFL keeps it around for the DK Metcalfs that come through and everyone just marvels it's, over yeah, his it's, physique. It's a superhero show. It's it's showing yeah. off the NFL the NFL athletes and you know their accomplishments. Yeah. But what did man, uh, like we got a little off track. What was a uh, well, yeah, No, go keep, keep going. I was going to say what was what say, was Gaskin's what, 40 time? It was it was like four, it was 458. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was uh, I I, I figured we were getting here. off track there and I was just saying what what was the what was the time? Was and I was you ran a four six. I thought it was didn't did wasn't officially four five eight. I think it was well, officially best, four five yeah, eight. Best four five eight. It was, yeah, I was gonna say he ran a four six zero and a four so, five six, so and it officially went to four five eight. Who lied here? Because I, I didn't think I thought he was gonna run between like four four eight and four four five. So I lied. Uh, you Tracy lied. Ford you definitely, definitely lied. lied. We never heard. We never heard a precise number from what he said. I don't think oh, Tracy said four, Ford four, lied. Five. Again, I mean, th- did he? This, okay, though, for being obviously the Husky fan in the room and like I don't think I need to tell anybody this but this is a clear example of like 40 times don't matter because you are never running 40 line or like you are rarely running 40 yards uh straight yeah check his 10 yards split you know what yeah I mean? but like, you know what you know what what's interesting is I was watching I think like Barstool UW like Brought back, resurfaced the eighty-yard touchdown run at the when Apple he got Cup from behind, by and he got cut. Marcus Strong caught him from behind. Yeah, <laughs> but then Miles did. Granted, the Miles it was thing. too late, but <laughs> yeah. Someone pointed out to me this is off topic, but I just thought it was it was just so classic Miles to like Miles has to carry Marcus Strong those last few yards, and then he just kind of takes a nap once he gets into the end zone. You know, he was yeah. down there for like fifteen seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm sure that was really an cool exhausting slide. run. That was a cool slide he did in, in that in that Apple Cup. Yeah, and the augmented uh, the augmented lines are funny looking in that video too. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just watching it right now with like obviously because of the snow and all that stuff. The, I didn't know Miles Gaskin was capable of pulling off a hairstyle like that because I don't remember him ever having like that. I I don't even want to butcher the, the name of that hairstyle, but I didn't. Oh, I don't shoot. think he had long hair. Yeah. I don't think he ever had that like length. Yeah, the braid it. It's interesting. I mean. He's he's going a little John Ross look there, <laughs> you yeah. Know, John Ross <laughs> pulled that off, Wait, and he, he kind of like had like the, he had like the double braid kind of. Is yeah, that what, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who? <laughs> you know who also had the double? And speak because the only reason I am bringing this up because both UW and WCU were in the Bay Area for basketball. Who is Cal's like seven three center who has the double braids too? Big old white guy. Oh, who just has and he has the double braids. Oh my god! It oh is my just oh, so, it is so bad. Oh it my is gosh. just horrible. Yeah. No, that guy. I don't even know. It was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man, it was terrible. Um. 
yeah, there was a compa- there was a comparison that one of my friends made to that that is pretty accurate, but I'm just not going to share it right here. I'll, I'll say <laughs> I saw, I think it was like, it was like Alex, Alex SSN, you know him. He, yes, <laughs> he tweeted a picture of it and, and it was like, when you go to uh, Sandals, Jamaica for a week, and it was just like a picture <laughs> of him. Yeah. It was priceless. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, okay. Get, getting back to the combine, Micah, in an attempt to get you to double down on your your four four five uh, time for for Miles Gaskin, I never predicted f- that. I said that okay. Tracy four s- timed him at four four five, and I said okay. based off the technology of computer. <laughs> remember when I said that they, when you buy the 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 laser? Time, I don't I don't remember on, exactly it adds what you on said. Average point one seven two five to your forty time, which means that I predicted Miles Gaskin run about a four point six two, and then we said that's the average, and not every running back or every athlete fits that narrative. Sometimes they'll run less than no. You said that, but more. that's not what you thought he would run. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm I, try, I, said I thought between, th- I said four four eight to four. We didn't even make predictions on the. 40. Yeah, I know, I know. We I'm just, I just, I, you, I believe, you just though. offered a number. You yeah. offered a number. But what I'm trying to four, say, four, would you? Okay, okay. Whatever the number was, it was something in in a high what do you four. You want from four, me right now? <laughs> or I'm trying to get you to double down on this. Do you think that he would have hit that number if he was had he 200? been at if he was like at his 195 or well, whatever? I'll tell you he, what. I'll tell you what. I do believe if Byron Murphy didn't show up, chubby Murphy at 190 pounds, that guy <laughs> would have ran a sub four five. What was he thinking? And I'm sorry. What, I'm what did he? What did he, ta- what did he clock out? I thought he tested well. Four, five, yeah. he, did. Five. he did, but I, I want I want to see that forty get under four five for a defense. I just back. don't. I just don't think. That's I don't prioritizes my coverage. I get it. Marcus Peters four five three, but that guy is he's not supposed to be hundred. I didn't even recognize him. I, I I when I picture Byron Murphy, I think of this rail thin kid, and that way it looked didn't funny. Didn't Kervin run a like a five one? He no a four, no. Ben Kervin ran a four five six, which is like four five top six. 40, yeah, top, yes. Well, but yeah, I mean, yeah. But, I, going back to Miles Gaskin, I'll, and then we can go on, move on from this. But uh, yeah, if he was, if he was in one ninety four, whatever he was at UW, I, I would, I would be very confident he would get under four five five. Probably, get, probably get four four nine somewhere in that area. Yeah, yeah. Two hundred five. Yeah, two hundred five. Anybody at two hundred five is not going to run that fast for a guy of his height. Yeah, I, I, I the bigger. I just think whoever th- those uh, camps had been talking to. They must have felt confident that the bigger concern with Byron and Miles and those guys was the weight, not the speed, you know, or at least the the forty yeah. yard dash speed. They, yeah, they wanted him bigger. That's yeah. that would have to be my that would be my assumption. I th- I thought that made a Wait. lot of sense for Miles. Um, for Byron, I didn't think they'd care as much, but I mean, to to show up at one ninety, and I mean to especially in the drills. I mean, even like the NFL, their own, like the just the at NFL Twitter account tweeted like top cornerback prospect Byron Murphy is making these look easy you know so uh, yeah where, what's his stock at like where is he supposed to be going these days I don't I mean I've seen everything from like, still, like 10 first to round. 25 yeah I mean it's somewhere in the okay. first round though okay because I have I have a proposition for a first bet and and for those of you who who don't know what's going on right now we're trying to introduce this new thing where we bring bet get, get raise the stakes here put some yeah. money into the system here <laughs> yeah, to we, bring we some talk juice way too much and not ever have it held against us and, and there's nothing there's nothing to hold us accountable there's absolutely zero to things to yeah. hold us accountable and what will is money that's what will keep us well, accountable. We need money. We never. You said that we would just mark mark it down. Like, hey, Jackson, you're open. Yeah, we'll go. We'll keep. We'll keep. A, we'll keep a running total. We we'll keep money. a running total. <laughs> yeah, but this is it's 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 value. You know, something that that keeps us. It's a little us thing too. called reputation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So what I'm what I'm proposing here is would you be willing to go on a straight up bet that Byron Murphy will go higher than Andre Dillard? Or would you need odds for that bet? That's a great bet. Straight up? Ooh. That Byron or Murphy odds. was higher than Andre Dillard? Is oh. the odds like the like we count one, two, three, and then we say a number? No, no. no I was like, going to say odds like, as in does he need odds to take the bet? So it, like oh, two right. to one My, odds yeah, yeah, that, right, yeah. yeah. Shoot. Minus what would three. make that? What would make that an acceptable bet for you? Talking uh, to me or to Luke right now? I'm talking to Luke right now. That's yeah. tough. And you if know, you want to get on some, I, if you want to get it on up. it, you let's know. just do straight up. Straight up, straight up. Let's okay. Let's put it. Let's put a ten spot. I got my guy Andre Dillard. All you right. got your guy Byron Murphy. Sounds good. And come April, we'll see. Okay, first, first, Washington Football Crunch bet is in the books. I will think. I, just for all intents and purposes, you, what would the odds I will be, have to be the official bookkeeper of not Andre, like Andre and Byron versus the field first. Oh, so Washington like, football player selected. Oh, ooh, like high, geez. right? I mean, these are the clear. Oh, it would be it would be really because I mean, you got you still got Caleb Taylor McGarry. Rapper, Caleb McGarry next, right? And then Jay, and I just don't feel confident enough in James. Will oof, yeah, no, or I, I mean, it would be. We're talking like sneak into the second round, but like ooh. we're talking like like. 10 to 1, 15 to 1 yeah, odds right there, I think. Yeah, that's pretty oof. I don't know if I can get I don't know if I can get into, get involved with that. Mike, are you interested in that at all? Would you be willing to to offer to are you or do you even have a stance either way? Uh whether Byron Murphy or Andre Dillard goes first, none of them either one wouldn't surprise me. So I I couldn't say that I'm like 100% sold. I I think Andre Dillard is going to be that that rock in any starting lineup and and Byron Murphy my you you he he has more risk reward factor to him, but Andre Dillard he's plug and go right away. So if I if I'm a scout and I have a need at, for a pass protector, I'm gonna take Andre Dillard over Byron Murphy, because uh, uh you know Byron Murphy he, it's it's not even debatable if he's the best corner in this class. And Andre Dillard he's gonna he he's gonna he's gonna be easily so you think the best it, pass it's, blocker. I think okay, Andre so Dillard is the better. So you think Andre Dillard I is I'm the... not confident that he'll go above Byron Murphy. Okay, even fair enough. That he would he would be the safer pick. So. All right, all right. Well, I'm glad that we have the first bet in because that you know we needed to, we needed to get that one down. Yeah. Now the bet, I think the bets will start flowing as soon as we go. And combine, it's so easy to make bets on. <laughs> I will be the I will be the impromptu bookkeeper of our bets. <laughs> so all bets go through me, and I, my bookkeeping is tight, guys. Just to let you know, there's no one no one's getting off the hook. I trust for you any bets. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You you will not be disappointed. I'll I'll tell you that much. So Taylor Rapp, first round or not, Luke? Um, I'm gonna go with no. Aw, actually, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, hot take, baby. Yeah, he. I mean, obviously, didn't run the forty, but was the fastest uh, three cone safety since two or 2016 2016 so i think yeah. that's a big little boost for his athleticism um i mean obviously i think the kind of uh like body of work speaks for itself uh but i mean i don't know i mean you just think of i don't i i don't think and i could be wrong here but i like i don't think of safety as a position where you see like three or four guys go in the first round um and am i wrong yeah well i think i i think he's a first round talent i, I, I think too. he's he's a very talented guy i just think there are 32 guys that have 
whether it's a it's a mixture of a higher ceiling and just more positional needs like you're right you know safety you know it's not often people go yeah, up I mean, and I think there's like, a lot of a lot be of first several round tackles safeties. in pass rushers and receivers and corners and quarterbacks yeah you know and then you it's know. like just we'll just playing the numbers game he kind of gets eliminated yeah. from the first round i think yeah but like you said I, I mean i really do think he's a first round talent and i don't think it'd be a bad pick for him to be taken in the first round mm. um but he also i mean i don't know for i mean for me at least from my perspective he went from like freshman year taylor rap kind of bursting onto the scene being just this like he was just so consistent and such a cog in the defense and like obviously the death row defense has kind of become like its own entity that he doesn't have i think like this like i don't know i i, I think you almost kind of like it's like being part of like the u-dub's death star you know what i mean like you just yeah. you, you kind of lose a little bit of name or brand value just by being a part of this this well-oiled machine yeah yeah kind of a little bit i so think the next being, guy we're talking being about one big name amongst many big names almost makes you seem less important because you're not the star of the group. Yeah, or just because like wh- the way that like Washington's defense has played these last couple years is it's not like Taylor Rapp going out and forcing three fumbles and getting six picks as the season went on. It's just the fact that like on first and second down, a team will run the ball twice for three yards and then they'll Get be stuffed. in third and seven and then throw an incompletion and punt. You know, so it's like almost it's almost hard for. And, and they get off the field so quickly. And the, the way that the Husky offense plays is that they're trying to bleed clock and control the time of possession. So, like, by the end of the year, you have, like, 65 tackles, like, eight pass breakups and two picks. And it's, like, That's statistically... That's not a very good highlight reel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Statistically, it doesn't measure up to, I don't know, maybe some of, the, like, the, the, the highest name recognition stars in the country. It's but fair. it's just because, you, you know what I mean? It's just the, kind of a product of the way that the Huskies do things. Did you, Jackson, did you want to? Did you want to? I was no. I was. I was. I was more interested. I mean, I. Th- I think you're. You're right about rap. I was going to say McGarry. I think is really the most intriguing guy, like at the combine for UW. I, I feel like he was early on. He was really like everyone was saying like first round, first round, and mm-hmm. now he's kind of in this like limbo of like first to like third round. Well, they can't like, even yeah. find a position for him. I right mean, now. I think they he's. Just, a, I, I definitely think he's a day two guy. They well, what happened to him is so he can play guard. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he I just came don't think in, he's a guard. Yeah, and people they did the thing uh, where he, he had less than thirty-three inch arms, and the like world just apparently just shattered for a second. Like, yeah, or, which like, I just don't get. Yeah, I have, I and then will... there was an article about it. Like, someone wrote an article because also Jonah Williams at Alabama, who has been like long considered the top draft prospect, right, or draft mm-hmm. or like tackle prospect in the country is all of a sudden like, Ooh, is he even fit to play tackle? And this guy was like, of course he is. You buffoons. You know what I mean? And then like Joe (laughs) Staley and Joe (laughs) Thomas came out and were like, Oh dang. Like if only I had 33 inch arms, I would have had a much better NFL career. It's like, no, those guys are two hall of famers. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Yeah. Caleb. And I I mean, they came to his defense. I'm pretty sure like Staley had like, I mean, his arms were like, I think it was like, it was, isn't the number that they want like thirty four? I thought it was thirty four. Yeah, I think it's thirty four. Was like it was like an inch too short, and it's like, oh, yeah. what, are they, what are we? What's going to happen now? He can't play left tackle because his arms aren't thirty four <laughs> inches long. Like thirty three won't do it. I just think that's so funny. Yeah, I Everybody, mean, nobody's oh, sorry, a perfect prospect. Well, 
You can any number that you put in, whether it's the, spe- the speed, the vertical, you can nitpick everybody because that one except for DK Metcalf. Other than him, oh, and I was thinking about him the whole time while I was saying that because there's, there's there's nothing about he him. He is the only perfect prospect. So I didn't I didn't even know who he was before the combine before Twitter and then I saw him. and then I yeah and before Twitter told me and then I saw his highlights and I was like okay so this like this guy's like actually like a really good receiver he he made plays at Ole Miss how did this guy not end up on my screen at least at one point in time is Ole Miss yeah. really that bad I I mean I suppose so or they're just that irrelevant in the SEC. I don't like, know. They were pretty bad, weren't they? I mean, I, I'm obviously not a huge SEC expert, but they were not no. good. Were they were they? not good. I know that. I know they were not good. I think they were kind of like run-of-the-mill, kind of, you know, just in in the middle of, of the SEC, kind of like like Tennessee territory. Probably below. I think Tennessee did a little bit better than people yeah. thought they would. I thought, I thought or no, Ol- Mississippi State, who was just awful, right? Do you remember like five years ago? Mississippi... Uh, they had some like big wins, I thought, but yeah. When Mississippi State and Ole Miss like were one and two in the SEC. When was this? Like, this was like six years ago. Because it feels like I do was, not remember this. It feels like it was a lifetime <laughs> ago. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go find this because this is exactly well, what come, people come to us for. <laughs> yeah, you guys want to. You guys want to move to the WSU side. Let's and, get. Uh, let's get to the yeah. WSU side. Let's get to the WSU yeah, side. Yeah, Luke, yeah. I, I think we're good on the SEC talk yeah. right now. Because <laughs> every that's what people come to us for. Yeah, they, we're the SEC gurus. <laughs> SEC SEC <laughs> Network, man. It's it's actually doing pretty well for itself. So uh, James Williams is actually much closer to Jamal Morrow in stature than I thought he was. Because we you know when we talk about him at when WSU being that you know stronger than Max yeah. Borgie and which by the way how small is Max Borgie than if James Williams is five nine <laughs> that was really surprising okay I don't think James Williams is, I mean I was surprised when I saw what it was like five nine and like three quarters five, nine, I was half. gonna say it like five nine and a half was it five nine and a half I was yeah. gonna say he's a solid five ten I'm saying Borgie's probably like five eight. Really? Probably around there, like a like a. But five, I was eight, just five, so nine. convinced watching those two guys rotate that oh yeah, James Williams, six foot, two hundred eleven pound guy that can be an NFL. Yeah, I know. That's what sure. I mean. And that's then, just what they Max that's Borgie, what they listed him at. You know, a little closer to uh, Mac, uh, those Christian are the McCaffrey, games. You know, five ten. Those are the games they play with you. Those are the games mm-hmm. they play. And uh, the thing is, UW doesn't play those games with the with the size yes, thing. They it's do. Like, no, because Absolutely Taylor Rapp was like. Taylor Rapp, or there was a player at UW that they actually measured taller at the combine. And they did on the the depth chart. Yeah, and Miles. Is well, that's the thing. They don't. I mean, I don't think what they don't do for like the roster number the numbers they use on the roster. It was is, Jordan like, get Miller. F- they listed they listed Jordan Miller at six feet tall, and he came into the combine at six one. I'm like, how does you <laughs> did they just not care about intimidating opponents with their roster? I, I think they literally just let the kids right there. No, that's and WSU. If it, unless, that's WSU that does that. No, I think well, no, I the, think the all thing, schools like, typically do that. For, like, one and thing, if it's something completely outrageous, then they they'll say no. But well, that's completely outrageous for James Williams to claim he was six feet and two hundred something pounds. But well, you believed it. I believed it. I, yeah, I believed compared it. to Borky and Morrow, I did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, it, uh, turns well, out they're not so different. Uh, one thing though, like uh, in defense of UW's roster honesty, uh, like if y'all remember Daniel Haymuli who just signed with the Huskies. Mm-hmm. This was just one example of something that I was like, wow, this I mean obviously this is compared to who he's listed to on his recruiting profile. But he was listed at 6'2, 225 getting recruited. And uh when they tweeted his commitment, it, he was five eleven and seven or uh, like five eleven and three quarters, two hundred and sixteen pounds. Yeah. 
Like, and then so uh, like, you dub. Now he's now he, he's six foot two sixteen on the roster. So I like I, I'm sure there's a little bit of give and take. But like, yeah. well, I it, I mean I think what it really is is it starts. They pretty much just take that number from whatever whatever you say you are in high school, which is obviously not true. Yeah. And then the the, the weight they kind of adjust as you go, but the height kind of just stays there. They don't yeah. really change the height. And whatever you say you are, it's kind of what goes. But I think Williams showing up at five ten didn't. I don't think or five nine no, and a half. No. Like I don't think that mm-hmm. that affects. There's a spot from the NFL. I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. there's not. Like, I'm not saying yeah. that he can't do it. Like thirty six and, and a half inch vertical. That's that's crazy athletic. Yeah. And uh, nor do Patriots, I think his the bench the benching thing. What was will his be bench in, like? Well, he he didn't bench because oh yeah. Or I oh, think yeah, he, he may have what, started. He, he, have, like, he may have like started shoulder? or something. No, he like had a shoulder strain. I think yeah, is what he said it was. I don't even know if that's even true. To be honest, it could be, it could not be, and he just didn't want to bench, and that's more power to him. But you know, yeah, I think that was promising that a team like the Patriots, who have been known to use air raid principles and have, you know, oh yeah, definitely to check, down yeah, the have, have ties or, with or, the air raid. I, I think that's that's Brady intriguing. is more of an air raid quarterback than he lets on because he does that that short to intermediate mm-hmm. pass very frequently definitely utilizes yeah. running backs and i mean the, the the prototype is Deion lewis for like the patriots and you know danny woodhead and james williams definitely fits that playing style james don't forget james white james white yep. was yes. a, a oh, good man. good pass catching back so uh, he, i mean he fits in there i mean i i can't yeah. I, I see gaskin more as a three down back than james williams well yeah no i think i think you're right i mean I, what did oh, and I'm blanking what Williams clocked. I think he was like a uh, four five six, four five seven. Yeah, like what, what, I, yeah. I, I think he's right there. A little little I, slower than I think. I, I remember. Were being you? Like four, five, I thought he was four five seven. Though. Were you surprised he clocked in faster than Gaskin? That's not mm. faster. I mean, come on. That's that's. I was. It was. Surprised. A, it was I, a hundredth you know, of a second. Where <laughs> did you expect to see that? Did you expect to see Williams' number? Lower. Who did you oh, expect lower, to right. be fast? Well, Even oh, if it was I, just yeah. subconscious. If it was Ga- just subconscious, I, I you Gaskin thought Gaskin. Gaskin. Gaskin I, I bet a lot of people did. Well, Gaskin had more vertical threat opportunities that you dubbed. Well, I'm more surprised gave by the impression by, that he could run faster because he was getting those longer runs. What, what yeah. I'm more surprised by was uh, that his like shuttle and the, those kind of uh, those are good. Yeah, those, those were, were top five. That was a yeah. little surprise. More like at least compared to Gaskin, I had no doubt that he was very very quick, but. Like mm-hmm. when you think of Miles, you kind of think of that. I think, yeah. So definitely, that was interesting. But I, was, I mean, you got to you got to get like James Williams did a lot of cutting and dancing in his day at WSU. So yeah, both of those guys got uh, a good for sure good workload in in moving laterally. What's funny is I'm just looking right schools. here at like the NFL.com, like you know, kind of like the draft profiles for each players, and it was uh, like and it's just so funny. It's like they have Miles Gaskin. It says. NFL backup or special team potential, and then James special Williams. Special teams? What is he going to do on special teams? I don't teams? know. And, and then I don't think they have one. They, uh, they, they I love those comparisons, yeah. Oh, no, they have they have Bishop Sankey. Lazy. Lazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
I am fascinated because they said the same thing about Browning that he can be if you work with him, you know, start out as a backup and then maybe eventually work your way. How many stories are like that where somebody starts as a backup and then eventually works into a starting role? That happens so Zero. infrequently, and yeah. most of these backups in the NFL didn't just aren't lifetime backups. Well, they are because they've been the backup for so long, but they usually come in with a lot of luster, a, a, a lot of expectations. They don't they they meet them at, at first, but then they kind of fall off a cliff. But they keep him around because teams think that oh well you know. They, they, they had it at some point, and he's just a backup investment, yeah. not a lot of money. There's no such thing as guys that come to the league as, like, like Luke Falk. If he's a backup for three more years, that's good for him. Good for him to stick around for three more years as strictly a backup and not somebody that had starting experience. For example, like a Blaine Gabbert that started at first, yeah. then gets thrown aside. Now he's a backup. Rob, Robert Griffin at third, starts getting super mm-hmm. hyped up. Now he's a backup. Tavares Jackson. Like, you go down the list. I mean, the guys that are backups are guys that were starters at some point. There's nobody yeah. like, that just comes in and is a backup. I, I can only think of actually now, and it's because of RG3 that I can think of one example of a guy who started as a backup. Oh, uh, oh, the 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 kid for uh, Ravens, right? He Kirk started Cousins. with the Ravens. Yeah. Oh, Kirk Cousins. Well, no, no. What, oh, what no, about he's Vikings, um, I guess, but... What about the former Bills quarterback? That he, oh, 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 the oh. Browns quarterback, Tyra Taylor. He Tyra, started. Yeah. He started as he came into the league as a backup with the Ravens, and then yeah. and then the Bills brought him on as the starters. So yeah. Uh, well, but the, the, what do you think NFL backup? You think a failed starter? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the that's the well, reputation. But just I'm I'm more just kind of laughing at how ridiculous these prospect grades are because in the, for James Lehman says better than average chance to make an NFL roster. It was like, okay, <laughs> like the most productive pass catching running back in today's NFL has a better what, what than is, average chance. What is okay. an average? What is an what? what what's the standard for average? Because if you're talking yeah. combine performers, yeah, practice player. I would love to see a a poor man's thrown on anybody's comparison. <laughs> well, no, they called uh they called somebody for local. Uh, they they called a Gardner Minshew a poor man's Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so I. Uh, you know, UW picked up a very successful quarterback uh, for the class of 20, 2020. You know, the mm-hmm. guy has option pa- half to pack 12, over 12 Division One offers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is this guy not a four-star quarterback yet? Because he has this, the film. Yeah, I mean, for the Huskies, this was kind of a no-brainer, I think, for them. I mean, obviously, they have a really talented quarterback room uh, with Jacob Eason and Jacob Sermon and Jake Hayner and Colson Yankoff, both the last three that I listed there, uh, like by the time 2020 rolls around, I agree with that. I 100% you know? agree with that. Cause I don't, I see, here's the thing. I lump Dylan Morris with the, you know, the Sermon Yankoff era. Yeah. I don't think Garbs will be a part of that generation of Husky football. He's much closer to competing with Sam Hewer than he is with yeah, Sermon. And exactly. Like, and it's, just, it's, I think it's right now, time. Yeah, and there's just so much talent in that generation that there's going to be attrition. Like people are going to transfer, people are going to leave early for the draft. Like things are like things like that are going to happen. And uh yeah, I mean so I think I just think for that reason it just makes a ton of sense for them to add another guy. Like you said, like very successful last year, he threw forty-one touchdowns. Uh, last Wasn't it fifty-five? Wasn't that fifty-five? Was it fifty-five? Like I saw forty-one, but I, I might be wrong. Regardless, though, either he's way, that's freaky. Playing, high. Yeah, in like competitive Southern yeah. California football. How many did Browning throw again in his career? Like two hundred fifteen or something yeah. stupid. Yeah, was like it was yeah. just ridiculous in three years. Also, it, it's just it, dude. You know, you know the problem with that. Like every UW quarterback's gonna be like. Well, that's cool, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's almost as many as Jake threw in the first six games of his, <laughs> yeah. year, you know, yeah. but it's like, did he throw 10 touchdowns like Jake Browning did his freshman year? <laughs> yeah. Gosh. I mean, the thing is like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a tough measuring stick to live up to, but like, obviously he's got the pedigree with his family, obviously chase at Cal, uh, 
and he, I think he's just very uh, like the obvious comparisons are going to come for a six two, two hundred pound quarterback from California. That he's the next Jake Browning. He's a little bigger than Browning, though. Yeah, he's, he's a, a, maybe he's a little bit bigger, four. but he's he's the, he's the same mo. You know, he's just like this this smart, accurate uh, quarterback that is like going to uh, march his way down the field, like. I don't know it, but I could be wrong, but from what I've heard, he's not necessarily like going to be a top five arm talent in this here class, but he's a guy that the Huskies feel confident that like will fit into their system. And if it comes down to a situation, I mean, obviously who knows who's going to be starting in 2023 when they have Dylan Morris, Sam Heward and uh, Ethan Garbers there, but he's a guy that they could plug in and feel comfortable about winning games because of the way that he is I guess kind of just his makeup, you know. He he, like I said, same kind of Jake Browning, Jake Hayner mo, uh, where like forget the eye test, the measurements. Here's a kid who the coaches are confident can uh, make accurate and smart decisions on the football field, which is what's important to them. 